Listener Production. Your Morning Agenda with Natasha Belling. Good morning. Thanks for your company. Let's check what's making headlines this Friday, the 26th of March. The Prime Minister has been grilled over his government's handling of the current rape allegations and toxic culture that have rocked federal parliament. In a sit-down interview on a current affair, Scott Morrison says he hasn't always got it right. This has taken me deeper into this issue than, than I've appreciated before. Where have you been? You understand it in a way that only you could. But I can tell you that for many Australians, this has been... Um, it's been like a... A big wake-up call. and It it's, hasn't it's been a wake-up call to 52% of Australians. The Prime Minister refused to confirm who is set to go in an expected cabinet reshuffle with speculation Christian Porter and Linda Reynolds could lose key positions as Attorney-General and Defence Minister. Meantime, Brittany Higgins has made a formal complaint to the Prime Minister's office over allegations the media was being fed negative information about her partner. It follows allegations staff in Scott Morrison's office were backgrounding journalists about her boyfriend in the days after she went public with allegations she was raped in the Defence Minister's office. And the federal government is facing more allegations of abuse of women with a Liberal backbencher forced to apologise. Two women have come forward claiming Queensland MP Andrew Laming repeatedly abused them online. Alex Rousseau and Sheena Hewlett telling Nine News the alleged abuse has to stop. I just feel helpless, like we can't do anything to our Prime Minister. (laughs) This man needs to stop. He cannot continue abusing his community like this. After a meeting with the Prime Minister, Mr Laming made a public apology in Parliament. In other news this morning, a massive clean-up is underway as floodwaters start to recede across devastated regions in New South Wales and Queensland. Some flood warnings remain in place, but most river systems have peaked in the worst affected areas in southeast Queensland, the mid-north coast and northwest of New South Wales and around the Hawkesbury and Colo rivers. Now residents are starting to return to see what is left of their homes and properties. The New South Wales Premier warning the danger is not over and people need to take extra care. Just because you may have heard your local river has peaked or that the worst of the, of the rising waters may have, may have uh, ceased, um, the currents underneath the surface are very strong, the, f- the flows are doing things they don't normally do, so please stay out of those floodwaters. And our nation's top advisory group on vaccines has warned the AstraZeneca COVID-19 jab be deferred for Australians with specific rare blood clotting disorders. The Australian Technical Group on Immunisation says it's made the recommendation as a precautionary measure after concerns about possible blood clots overseas. It comes as AstraZeneca has officially revised its efficacy data after being criticised for using outdated information. Now for a look at what else is making news around the country this Friday morning. Firstly to Queensland and the state's hospitals are on standby with an expected influx of COVID patients from hotel quarantine. More than half of the 65 current active cases in the state were acquired in Papua New Guinea. The number of overseas arrivals testing positive to COVID is 23 times higher now than it was in October last year. 
In Victoria, the state government is being sued over the public housing towers lockdown during the COVID-19 pandemic. It comes as international arrivals start returning to Melbourne with concerns over whether the state's hotel quarantine system will cope. Our reporter James Lake has the latest from Melbourne. Yeah, that's the allegation, Tash, from more than 3,000 people locked inside nine apartment towers from July 4th to July 18th at the latest last year before the statewide lockdown which started in August. Residents say they were locked in without notice and given nothing by authorities for three days. One resident claims they then received four partially defrosted sausage rolls at the doorstep that were not fit for human consumption. Another family has shared how they survived on nuts and beans while the nine-year-old son suffered asthma attacks when his medication ran out. The action, which is being taken in the Supreme Court, is trying to claim damages for the invalid, oppressive and degrading lockdown that failed to consider their human rights. Now, this all comes as the Victorian government plans to resume taking international arrivals from April and restarting hotel quarantine. The real pressure will be on to get it right after multiple leaks, though, and lockdowns from Victoria's hotels. Amongst the extra safety measures will be an increase in testing and hotel upgrades to change airflow direction to prevent the virus escaping guest rooms. To New South Wales now, and the state government has announced new accommodation vouchers in a bid to boost Sydney's struggling CBD hotels. It comes with fears the hospitality industry is set to take another major hit, with JobKeeper officially ending this weekend. Our reporter, Siobhan Caulfield, has more from Sydney. Well, Tash, if you're thinking about a date night, this one's for you. The state government is offering $100 vouchers to book a hotel stay in Sydney's CBD. It's part of a new stimulus package for the hotel and tourism industries, with 200,000 vouchers up for grabs from June for a midweek overnight stay. Tourism Minister Stuart Ayres says it's the perfect excuse for a date night or a mini break. In fact, I don't mind if you take a day off work, um, take your family or your wife or your partner or your husband, book a hotel in the Sydney CBD. It is part of a $51 million stimulus package that will also support jobs in the accommodation, entertainment and tourism sectors, including $24 million to support live music. To WA now, and the historic Wacker Ground is set to undergo a transformation, but a swimming pool is causing controversy. Our reporter Adam Hemmings from Perth explains. Tash, the iconic WA cricket ground will undergo a much-needed makeover worth around $64 million. It'll be turned into a sporting and community hub with a pitch to be extended to host local footy games and include a museum, function centre, as well as a cafe and a swimming pool. But that pool is a sticking point for the city of Perth, with debate raging around the design and the ongoing cost. Lord Mayor Basil Zemplos says they want a better pool and a better deal. And if we can achieve both of those things, I can't see any reason why a swimming pool will not go ahead. The WA Cricket Association says if they can't reach an agreement, the area will be landscaped. Construction is set to start in July. Now for the latest in business and finance news this morning, we're joined by Effie Zahos, editor-at-large at CanStar. And Effie, happy Friday. Good morning. As we know, JobKeeper will come to an end this weekend. How do you think it will play out and what help is available for those people that may be struggling? Oh, look, this is D-Day. We have been expecting it. It has finally arrived. And as you said, it comes officially to an end this Sunday. Now, there are more uh, more than a million Aussies still on this scheme. And looking at what the data came out against this, 
this week, it's uh, possibly about 150,000 job losses, along with business closures, of course. Now, obviously, if you're sitting in that position right now, and if you haven't already, it really is time to see what are your options, perhaps looking at another jobs. We also saw the ABA employment data released just yesterday showing the industries now that have done exceptionally well. And it could be a pivot that you may need to do, especially like the retail uh, trade has jumped up considerably, government administration jobs have jumped up. So take a look there. Probably my best tip is get in early now with Services Australia to see what assistance could be available for you. A lot of people don't realise that you can actually start your job seeker claim early, up to 13 weeks before your circumstances change. So you could be sitting in a job right now, but not knowing your fate, say next week or, or, or the following, but you can get in. If you do, if you want to claim early, be sure you answer, you'll soon be unemployed or on reduced hours when you're filling in that application. Now, of course, the job seeker rate will not include that 150 coronavirus supplement. That also ends on March 31. So the new job seeker base rate, which does include that uh, $50 token fortnightly payment, uh, will now be about $615.70 a fortnight. Also worth checking out maybe a relocation allowance. If you find work in another state or territory or a regional area, there could be up to $9,000 to help you get there. And if you're an employer, maybe start looking at JobMaker Hiring Credit Scheme, which could help you out with your business as well. Um, you get about $100 to $200 a week, depending on the worker's age. And there's also that restart wage allowance that you could possibly get if you're targeting mature workers. And that's a subsidy of up to $10,000. Again, everything's at Services Australia. I would say get in and get in early. Some great tips there, Effie. Also this weekend, we're expecting to see another very hot round of auctions across the country. The real estate market's going through the roof at the moment. We saw new predictions yesterday. Uh, some big banks are saying house prices are set to soar by 19% this year alone. Is it due to a lack of stock on the market? Is it fear of missing out? And there's also a big issue with underquoting with some real estate agents. It's the whole lot, Tash, the whole lot. I mean, I just saw an auction in my street the other week and it went way beyond the reserve. And this is the problem. And the data that CoreLogic has released is that we are expecting a busy, busy weekend with auctions. There are about 3,880 properties set to go under the hammer. That's across the combined cities. And that's up 43% on last week volumes. Um, it's pretty much expected just before the week of Easter. Um, but the big problem here is, as you pointed out, this underquoting these reserve prices smashed and in some cases up to a million dollars. Now look, underquoting laws do differ in states. Um, it's not a straight out rule. So for example, in New South Wales, the agent must include an estimated selling price in the agreement and they've got to provide evidence on that figure, like you know, what was it sold in other areas and so on. Now it can be a single price or a price within a 10% range. And that number's got to be revised through the, uh, the auction campaign because as people come in, they're revealing their prices, so they've got to kind of update that. But as you said, it's not uncommon for underquoting uh, under to uh, occur. Um, so, you know, is it a case that the agent's done wrong? Is it a case that the market's just hot and between last week and this week things are flying? Well, when you look at the people that are supposed to be checking on this, the Department of Fair Trading is saying that there's only been 22 complaints were made this year against real estate agents. In fact, since the laws were introduced in New South Wales, only 240 penalty infringement notices for underquoting have been issued. So that's kind of interesting. The problem for us poor consumers, though, 
is that when we go to auctions, we spend a fair bit of coin on our pest and building inspections. And if, if you've got your eye on a couple, you've got to multiply that. So there's a real cost for consumers going to, to, to auctions. Look, the tip I can give here is obviously pretty simple. Do your research, have a look at what other properties are selling um, because that could be a good guide. And also when it comes to getting your, your, your pest and building inspections, they do have various degrees like a, a full comprehensive one, a basic one. Maybe go for the basic one first. If it reveals problems, then de- delve in a bit deeper. Yeah, great advice as always, Effie. It's so tough, especially for first home buyers and they spend a fortune and then if they're misled, but the authorities need to do the right thing and clamp down on the alleged offenders. Absolutely agree. Happy Friday. Have a lovely weekend. Thanks, Effie. Thank you. Time for Sport Now with Brett Thomas and Brett. The Panthers dragged themselves off the canvas to beat the Storm in an epic grand final rematch last night. Yes, good morning, Tasha. was an absolute thriller. The hero at Penrith this morning, well, two players really, Kurt Capewell and Viliami Kikau. Capewell had the match-winning try. Kikau pulled off the match-saving tackle and they beat them 12-10 to in a Thursday night thriller. The Panthers, as you said, they were on the ropes. They were trailing by four points with just over two minutes to play. Before Capewell crossed over, he beat three defenders to score. Stephen Crichton had been a little bit wobbly off the boot, but he stepped up to nail the conversion. Then it was Kikau's desperation who stopped the storm from crossing over after the siren. He held up uh, Justin Olam and his coach Ivan Cleary was speechless after the match. I don't know how to describe that. It's just, I suppose, sometimes the pain of losing drives you to do things that you wouldn't normally do. So that's the only way I can just so that's a couple of tight defeats now in a row for the Storm. They slip to 1-2. and two. The Panthers are unbeaten at 3-0, uh, and oh, so they are currently top. Of course, still a lot of, a lot of footy to play out across uh, the weekend. Uh, Craig Bellamy, the coach of the Storm, says that even Cameron Smith wouldn't have made uh, the difference last night. I don't think Cameron needs to be there to teach us how to get the ball down over the line. It's been a bit of a problem with us for a couple of weeks. So again, you know, we've played on that many times, but you know, we're going to miss Cameron for a while in certain areas. And we've got another blockbuster tonight as well, although the Roosters have suffered a blow. Victor Radley's comeback is on hold. He's picked up a shoulder injury during the week, so he will not uh, return against the Rabbitohs tonight. In the earlier game, it's the Dragons against the Seagulls, Tash. So happy the footy is back, Brett. And the Magpies got the better of the Blues to kick round two of the AFL off last night at the G. Yes, Jordan Dugowie inspired the Pies last night. They beat the Blues by 21 points in front of almost 52,000 fans at the MCG. The Magpies star, he booted all of his goals in the first half. That set the platform for the victory. They led by 30 points at one stage. Uh, Carlton twice drew to within uh, eight points, but couldn't quite get across the line. And that's become a bit of a theme with Carlton, even going back to last year, that they give up early starts and then try and drag themselves to victory. Taylor Adams, Scott Pendlebury start in the midfield for the winners uh, for the Blues. It was Harry Mackay who kicked four goals in attack. That was a thrilling battle he had with uh, Darcy Moore, reminiscent of Kerry v Jakovic uh, back in the 90s. Let's hear from Magpies coach Nathan Buckley. That was a more Collingwood performance in regards to our effort, in regards to our defensive shape. On uh, one sour note though, uh, Jamie Elliott's had a lot of injury uh, problems over the years for Collingwood. He hobbled off with an ankle injury in the second quarter. They're hoping it's just a really bad sprain, but hasn't had a lot of luck. For the Blues, uh, a clean injury list, but obviously they're now 0-2. It's a long way back uh, to make the finals. They haven't made the finals since 2013, I think it is, but uh, their coach, David Teague, is urging Blues fans to be patient. I have absolute belief in this group. We'll get there. I'm not going to lose any belief in this group, I think. I know our fans will probably be a bit frustrated and they're hurting in there. 
disappointed we all are, and the players especially, but from a belief point of view and, and what we know we can do, we've got work to do. Now, two teams, two preliminary finalists uh, from last year who are upset in round one. Uh, Geelong going down to the Crows. The Lions stunned by the Swans. They face off tonight at Cadinia Park uh, in Geelong. The Cats making four changes. Josh Jenkins, Zach Guthrie have both been dropped. Sam Menegola will miss with a shoulder injury. Paddy Dangerfield is out suspended, so a lot of their, their midfield stars won't be playing tonight. Mitch Duncan still another week or two away. Francis Evans, the young key forward, will debut. Zach Tui is uh, back for the Cats as well, among their inclusions. And the Lions have called up a young small forward, Tom Berry. So a bit at stake in that game tonight as well down in Geelong, Tash. So much sport ahead this weekend. Can't wait. Brett, thank you. <laughs> Thanks, Tash. Checking the weather details around the country now this Friday morning as we head into the weekend. Brisbane, sunny and 30 today. Showers expected for Sydney, 24. Partly cloudy and 22 for Melbourne. Partly cloudy conditions also on the way for Canberra, 21. Partly cloudy also for Hobart and Adelaide, 22 and 24 degrees there respectively. Sunny and 27 for Perth and a shower or a possible storm on the way for Darwin and a top of 32. Here is a feel-good Friday story for you. Live theatre is back. The Broadway smash hit musical Hamilton officially opens this weekend in Sydney and is sure to turn the world upside down. The production is one of the first in the world to return to the stage after the pandemic and it's being seen as a bit of a test case for how live theatre can return in a COVID-safe way with producer Jeffrey Seller in town from New York. I feel like doing Hamilton in this place at this time is, for me, feels like my own rebirth back into the theatre. And that's all you need to know to start your day with your morning agenda in your podcast feed from 6.30am every weekday morning. You can also catch the latest episode in a whole new world of audio by downloading the new listener app for free. I'm Natasha Belling. Thanks so much for your company. Have a great day and a lovely weekend. And we look forward to seeing you on Monday. Listener.